0: What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4thPod, on Twitter. At Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. My link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow, and I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of March4th with Mike Bauman Podcast. Uh, For those of you who are not first-time listeners, you will notice that my voice sounds a little bit different, and that's because I've been under the weather the last couple of days, and I'm feeling. Much much better today, thankfully. But uh, but yeah, long story short, man, I, I, I definitely have like a sinus infection, and I had a really weird thing happen the other night. I started so it's Sunday as of recording the intro and close to the show, and I started to feel kind of crappy, like probably Thursday, like for real, for real Thursday, where I was having like runny nose, coughing. So who knows? I traveled for the holiday uh, for Thanksgiving. So I don't know if I got something on the plane, the airports, if I caught something from somebody back home, if it was the office going back to the office and being around people, Wh- wherever I got something, I got something. But I had a tumor my my senior year of high school that was in my nasal cavity and thankfully it wasn't cancerous and I'm still here to tell the tale, obviously, so it all worked out. Shout out Dr. Marentette and the team up at the University of Michigan. I digress, but um, I'm pretty susceptible to sinus infections just because of that, because I had like my you know, major surgery to get that tumor out of there. And so, uh, so yeah, I wasn't feeling good. And then I was like, man, do I have COVID? Cause normally I run hot y'all. I don't, I don't really get like cold. I, I, and I prefer to be cold to hot, you know, and I grew up in the Midwest. So I'm used to like colder temperatures, you know what I mean? But by Friday night, I was literally in sweatpants. I had an old cardigan on. And, uh, I'm not 78, I'm 34 cardigans. You can still rock when you're 34. Um, and then I had a blanket on and I wasn't sweating at all. But then I got up off the couch, to use the bathroom and times this happens, right? Where you can, you stand up too fast and you get that head rush going and you're like, Ooh, I'm a little woozy. I'm a little, but then I was like, Oh my gosh, am I kind of nauseous? Am I going to get sick? So, you know, got done go to the bathroom, went back to the couch and I just sat down and tried to take deep breaths and like, it's going to be cool, man. You know how you have that inner monologue, like you're cool, dude, everything's all right. And I live by myself and I'm down here somewhere in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Um, but, uh, all my is, you know, back in the Midwest primarily. So, so it's a little scary sometimes when you get sick. Cause you're like, gosh, who am I going to, who are you going to call? You know what I mean? And, uh, All of a sudden, y'all, I just, I got like the tingly, like my whole body was tingly. And then I started to get like a cold sweat and my, my palms locked up. I couldn't open my palms. I couldn't open my hands. And then I almost like a nightmare where where you try to scream and you're like, you know, and it felt very much like nightmare paralysis, (laughs) WebMD nightmare paralysis, um, so I cut, my mouth was like numb, and then I just started to panic a little bit because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sick. I live by myself. It's like two thirty in the morning. I can't open my hands. H- how am I going to open up my phone and call somebody if like I, I'm starting to like you know if I what you know something happens. You know what I mean. And thankfully, after five minutes or so, it went away. But I've never had that happen before, and I've had panic attacks before. I've had nausea before. You know, I mean, I'm 34. I've been sick before. You know what I mean? I've had multiple surgeries in my life. I've never had anything like that where I couldn't open, you know, I couldn't open my hands. So, anyway, maybe I'm oversharing too much, but needless to say, I feel better now. I took an at home COVID test. I don't have COVID. And that was the other thing that was weird. I had COVID last year and I, I had none of those symptoms like tingly. Like, I mean, I had some body aches and stuff, but it was weird, man. So who knows? I don't know if it was stress, you know, but like I was just, it was just me like chilling, watching TV and going in and out of falling asleep. Excuse me on my couch. So anyway, it was strange, but I feel better now. Uh, Like I said, that was a couple nights ago. It's Sunday now as of recording the intro and the close to this week's episode. So, you know, just a little PSA here. I'm not going to tell anybody to get get a flu shot or to get vaccinated. It's, you know, I'm not a clinician. I work in healthcare during the day and supply chain, but I'm not a clinician. So um, I will just say though, given that it's cold and flu season, please take care of yourselves. Make sure you drink at least two liters of water a day. Try to get at least seven hours of sleep a night. And I know it's hard, Um, It's taken me years to break my night owl tendencies. I get up at 5 a.m. during the week for my job, so I I really can't afford to be a night owl anymore. And and one of my goals next year is to to have more balanced and more disciplined sleep because I I probably average six hours of sleep a night, and it's probably why I've gotten sick more (laughs) in the last year. But, yeah, just take care of yourselves y'all especially during the holiday season, whatever holidays you celebrate with your loved ones and your friends and whatnot just make sure you're you're getting enough rest you 're drinking at least two liters of water i'm a big proponent of physical activity getting getting physical exercise you 'll feel better better mentally in addition to physically so just uh just keep that in mind, man like I hate being sick, I hate not feeling a hundred percent and um you know, so just the fact that I was recently ill. I just hope that, you know, you guys take care of yourselves out there, especially with Christmas and everything coming up, man, in the new year. Um, And speaking on that, I just want to say thank you to everybody who takes the time to listen to the show. I've, you know, we're in the last month uh, of 2022, which is crazy. The older I get, the faster it goes. And um, I've been reflecting a little bit because I I tend to do that anyway, just be in my head. But um, 2021 was really rough uh, on a personal and emotional level. Having gone through a really difficult, unexpected breakup and heartbreak, um, and, and in addition to that, um, more more death around me than in any other singular year of my life, and I won't harp on it too much because I've mentioned this on on other episodes, but it was it was really challenging, you know what I mean. And in 2022, coming out of that, I really just tried to focus on self improvement. You know, taking care of myself physically, exercising consistently. Um, Being consistent with this podcast And it's been really cool to see growth You know I'm in decent shape Uh, Obviously I was just home for the holidays So I was you know I was eating stuff I don't normally eat Uh, And I had Dairy Queen last night They're not a sponsor but I I had a blizzard for the first time in a minute And it hit the spot I'm not going to lie Every now and again it's good to have a cheat day But So I've been reflecting man And um, it's just been really cool to see the podcast grow I would do it if two people listened uh, I would love to get 2 million listeners, but uh, you know Spotify, if you're listening, you want to give me some of that Joe Rogan money, let me know. Um, but in all seriousness, man, it's been really cool to see the show grow. It's been cool to to see people checking it out. So um, I, I think this year there's been something like 20 co- different countries that I've seen downloads for now in the the stats that I see for my show. So just the fact that you guys are listening right now, for anybody who takes the time to check out a show, who takes the time to like and subscribe or tell a friend to tell a friend and spread the word, uh, it really means a lot, man. And it's cool to be in a place now, you know, really more than two and a half years, almost three years now going into this. It'll be three years March since I really started picking this this bad boy up uh, on a more consistent basis uh, when the pandemic really hit in 2020 with March 4th. Um, to, to see the growth over the last 3 years has been really cool and it's it's something that I love to do I, I love having these conversations and you know sharing stories of perseverance and moving forward and um it's just really cool to see it grow and and it wouldn't be possible without all the people who support me and take the time to listen to the show and I've just been so fortunate to get to talk to to musical artists from a variety of ends of the, of the spectrum and and business owners colleagues friends of mine I mean it's just It's a beautiful thing, man. So uh, 2022 has been has been good in that regard for me, man, just to to grow on a personal level and to uh, to challenge myself. But uh, to see the show grow has really been awesome. And and it it really wouldn't be possible without all the awesome people I get to have on the show, the people who believe in me and support the show and uh, and all of you who listen. So thank you so much. I hope that all of you have a great close to 2022 as well. But before we get to the close of the year we've got the December episodes to get to, and this first episode of the last month of twenty twenty two is with a great bunch of dudes. They are none other than the band Discoveries out of North carolina they're based in roxboro but but they tell people Raleigh because that's the closest city uh that a lot of people are familiar with, but Roxboro is like an hour ish north ish of uh of raleigh, but yeah man um These guys were were recommended to me by Johnny Zirkel. Shout out, Johnny. Great dude. Been on the podcast, supporter of the show. Really appreciate you, man. And I checked out their music. I love heavy music, as as many of y'all know. And I love their sound. Their latest single, Tonal Vision, came out at the end of October. And the last time I checked, it's already over 19,000 Spotify streams. Hardcore Keem did a really, really cool reaction video to the music video for the song. And, uh, I just really love these guys, uh, and, and, their sound and, and went back and checked out their previous work. Um, they've got numerous music videos out, Unstable, um, came out in 2021. At the time we recorded it, it had over 20,000 views. They had a, a visual, um, for Unprocessed, which came out in October, 2021. That's got over 15,000 views. So these guys are really making a lot of noise. They've, they've done shows, um, and it was really cool to get the chance to touch base with them and learn more about their story, learn more about how they came together. And um, and we got the whole the whole kit and caboodle, the whole fam family, as I like to say on the show. So we got Josh on the drums, Chris on vocals, Evan and Trey both play guitar, and Mark on bass. And it was just a great conversation, man, just about the band, their sound, what they've got coming up, their new EP called Masochist is on its way in february they've got some touring to support it we talk a little bit about that so positive vibes all the way around and it's it's great when you get to connect with other like-minded headbangers and and um and also you know talk about mental health and perseverance as uh i i like to do on this show so without further ado i'm gonna shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with discoveries here it is (laughs)
1: oh
2: my gosh
0: i told you the creepy robot lady man well you guys thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate it uh checked out your music when uh johnny forwarded me your way and i love it man i love i love heavy music but but also beyond that lyrically the content was um really good the visuals we really good, and um, just reading up even about Tunnel Vision, the most recent one, and kind of the theme behind that and the lyrical content in conjunction with just it being a really heavy song musically really was awesome. But just thank you initially, I want to say, and I know I've said it a few times before I officially hit record, but really appreciate you dudes doing this, man.
1: Yeah, it's of course it is.
3: problem.
0: So as we officially get started, since we got the 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 whole fam family here, why don't you guys go through and just tell the folks so they know when they hear you talk and what you play in the band and what your name is?
3: Uh, I'm Josh,
2: and I play the drums. I'm Chris, and I yell.
4: I'm Evan,
5: I play guitar. I'm Trey, I also play guitar. I'm Mark, I play bass.
0: Right on. So... Looking back through your singles and everything, uh, I have Spotify. So there was stuff going back to 2019. And I think there was stuff even earlier than that when I looked on YouTube. But mm. how did you guys get the ball rolling with Discoveries? You guys are based out of Raleigh, North Carolina for people listening, right? So uh, um, so I, I always like to ask people kind of how they got into heavy music and how they got the ball rolling with the band.
2: So uh, physically based out of Roxboro, we just say Raleigh. Okay. Because it's it's the closest like big city that people <laughs> okay. understand. We say Roxboro, people are like, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, stop talking. Um but these two and this guy have been in bands like
4: two thousand well together since twenty thirteen, but um I think for me and Josh we were playing going all the way back to two thousand nine, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It
2: was in like the 10th period.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tenth grade was, yeah. yeah, about that time.
2: Yeah, and then um, about 2017. 2016. 2016, to
5: 2016 end like, of 2016.
2: End of 2016, these guys hit me up. I, I played drums in bands since I was fucking, what, 15 or something? And I've never done vocals. And I was just playing around with yelling and stuff and posting videos and shit. And Trey hits me up and he's like, yo, bro, you want to come do some shit? And I'm like, all right, well, let me try it. And um, ever since then, it's just been an adventure.
1: <laughs> dude, we
4: sent him that song, and I will never forget it, dude. I literally got goosebumps in there, and I'm one of the most emotionally dead people in the band. <laughs> and, like, dude, dude just blew us away. Like, I can't even sugarcoat it because we all tried to play it off and be like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, get we'll, too excited. Not get too excited about it, but it was amazing to watch. I mean, he, he came out there, and did after having the song for, like, what, two or three days, mm-hmm. and just just how he recorded it in that moment was the way it ended up being recorded in the studio. You know, it was just perfect. It was exactly what we were looking
2: for. Yeah, and then, Mark, we've, we've had fucking... An infinite amount of fucking basis. <laughs> yeah. It's been it's been a nightmare trying to find somebody who actually knows the parts and actually inputs on shit and is as smart and has good gear. Thank you. Thank you me. know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mark joined up twenty nineteen. Yeah, like late so twenty nineteen. Basically, what
4: it was, was uh, it was like twenty twenty actually. Yeah, when
2: when oh, yeah. we shot the malicious music Martin's video. Yeah. yeah.
4: And in and, uh, and he. And we told him a few weeks before we shot that video that we wanted him in the band for real.
6: I, I had seen them play a few local shows before. Um, I was like, "Man, these guys sound pretty good. They got some potential." And they were just going through basis Like, I was like, "I should try out just just see what would happen," you know? And it worked out. So,
5: oh yeah, and Mark's Mark's put a really good like. He's been a really good addition to the band. Like he's helped out with a lot of stuff that we just didn't yeah. have, like, knowledge about, I guess, like, especially with, like, the uh, the business aspect of being in a band. You know, there's always that aspect. For sure. Us four, we really didn't have any of that knowledge, and Mark brought that to the table. Like, and not only that, like I said, he's a good bassist.
4: I don't know. And he actually goes back quite a ways, too. Like, there was actually a band that he was in. Yeah, we
6: were, we were playing shows together before they were even in this band,
4: and I was in another band. So like 20-20. we, had, we had kind of knew
6: each other. Sort
4: was it, of was it 2012? Yeah, 2013? we were playing shows together in 2012, 2013. Yeah, so. and we didn't even know each other personally, so it's kind of kind of crazy yeah. about that. So what was
0: the the Pandora's box moment for each of you guys as far as heavy music? Like for me, it was my my big brother Brandon. Um, you know, he was born in '82, so obviously the mid '90s I was touching on before the jump. He was very into the, the 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 music of that time, the heavy music of that time. So obviously, like Metallica, Guns and Roses, all the grunge stuff. But then Corn, you know, when when that the album came out in ninety four, um, I remember I remember him rocking the Corn T shirt in like ninety seven and having like the longer hair cut up underneath. So he was my big brother. I'm like, oh, I want to be like my big brother. And then I just I just ended up discovering that heavy music was the stuff that spoke to me the most. So, do you guys have like a moment or a song where it was just like.
4: That
5: pen. Pant- everybody gets something. Good. Oh, shoot. For me, I like,
3: it, it has to be a whole lot of moments because before actually playing in a band, I didn't listen to metal or anything. So, uh, I would say riding back with Chuck on the way to meet Evan. <laughs> for the first band. I think I, he played August Burns red. It was probably off the, uh, constellations album. Maybe From that summer in
4: 2011.
3: though. Yeah. Like, bro, yeah, that shit was crazy. Like, that, over, that that was basically a rabbit hole, because from there, I was just open to a whole lot of different music. And seeing those bands live opened me up to heavier bands that, you know, that I was like, man, I didn't even know, you know, they existed. So that got me into bands like Oceano and like Gideon, uh, My Children, My Bride, which that was, you know, a minute ago, you know.
4: But yeah like, like yeah, bro, like, <laughs> yeah we we, played, we played with him at a, a venue called Kingdom, which is now shut down It was a part of old Richmond it was right down the street from the canal Club and that's where all that's where a lot of the national shows go in that area now um and we actually played there too when it was like a local venue yep. He um, had a 16 inch bass drum
2: or
1: an like hey, you know, still.
2: Oh my god! I'm like, <laughs> drunk, bro? He's trying to get a new kid. It's, uh, it's, it's, he's ready
6: for
4: a new kit. Uh, yeah, bro. I'm so, all yeah. About the tiny bass. He got the pedals and then you, got, you yeah, got, got the go ahead. And then. Wait. Well, not oh. you, bro. You know, oh, I'll, I'll speak on mine. In
2: all night. right, my I guess my turning point. It started because yeah. my uncle's a musician. Um he he does a lot of club music and stuff though but he actually plays the keys, he sings, he has his own 808 like 808 eight machine and shit and yeah, he he just plays in clubs like in South Africa like every fucking night and that that started my music like cuz I started singing, I started, you know, learning how to play guitar, but the pinnacle for metal, it's going to sound cringy as fuck. It it was it was Black Veil Brides like, <laughs> honestly, blackmailed right. <laughs> I never went <laughs> yeah. <saying that> <laughs> to It was it was uh 20. No wait, yeah, it was like 2010. That's too light though. You had to I didn't know, but like they had a breakdown. It was knives and pens, dude. Holy <laughs> shit, that? bro! That break. I was like, oh fuck. That
4: <laughs> was when like YouTube
2: was really picking up. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, yeah. So, so I, I had I had been into like Lincoln Park and shit, and like you know Limp biscuit, corn, all that stuff from like the 90s, early thousands, because of my mom. My mom went through an edgy phase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, a little too late. But um, yeah, that, that got me started on that. Played, started playing drums. Had a shitty fucking like grindcore band. Uh, played in a hardcore band. And now I'm here. And then, you know, my heavy music taste just kept progressing into cooler shit. Right on, man. Yeah, bro.
4: Whatever. Um... Uh... Yeah, like Josh, I got several, but uh, I it started out with kind of like the the rock stuff, like uh, Three Doors Down, Three Days Grace, and then as I got into playing guitar, it kind of became heavier, started listening to Metallica, and then that kind of got boring, so I started getting into stuff like uh, Killswitch Engage, Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah um you know bands of that nature and it kept getting progressively more underground so then you'd find stuff like all the remains within the ruins you know bands like that because back in the day they were they were all new bands um august burns red was another one and all those guys were killing it um but i'd say out of the most out of all of those bands for sure was uh parkway drive the horizons album um even killing with a smile too like those two albums were probably the first albums that i learned front to back on the on the guitar that really that was the thing for me back then um but what then later you know, on uh
0: killing with a smile not to not to interrupt but when you said that uh i think it i always I, it's hard to pronounce the name of this like something xenophonitis or whatever you know the song i'm talking about it's the
4: second one yep yeah, it's yep. cool. oh my god.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, the <second> <laughs> <one>. <laughs> it's the second one. It's the second one, bro. I know. What
4: I'm telling you, uh, dude. <laughs> I listen to these beat. albums for and then years it's on beat. repeat on a daily basis.
0: Heavy. Yeah, I love, I love Parkway Drive. Sorry, I didn't mean to disrupt your train of thought, but I, I, I already heard it in my head as soon as you said "Killing with a Smile." Was like, then it's like, and the
4: story <laughs> behind that too. Like, they actually came to the States for two weeks and recorded with Adam D. Like. From Kill Switch Engage. And, like, that's just nuts to think about, you know, making a full length record in two weeks. It's, it's, it's crazy. Their new record um,
0: is really good, too. I really enjoyed it.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like it. I can't, my first love for them was the uh, Horizons. I actually discovered Horizons before Kill with a Smile. The new stuff's, the new stuff's still good, but I just love that old stuff, like, yeah. so much. It's, it's yeah, I don't think anything's going to top it. But, uh, and then later on, in, uh down the road i started to discover bands like uh, novelist which is a band from france and uh they um there's their debut um full full length uh, souvenirs that was like the sound in my head i wanted to make music that you know had that kind of theatrical like theme element to it um they still had all the breakdowns and stuff but they still had a lot of melodic content in there as well and uh it just kept going from there but that was like my final turning point. I feel like, um, and now I'm starting to get into heavier bands, uh, like the new Chelsea Granite stuff that came out today. We were listening to that. Oh, boy, yeah. uh, oh, telling... boy, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, tell you. Oh, <laughs> that stuff. That stuff sounds so good. Right yeah,
6: we, we we had just played with them at a uh, Central Florida Metal Fest a couple. Couple months ago. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. September
4: September sixteenth. Yeah, they yeah, were was so nice
6: awesome. Books. It was so nice and they fucking crushed it live. Yeah, yeah. those bass drops though. Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, we're about to come out with a new album. Check
4: us out. Like, bro, of course we're gonna check guys out. about? Sitting in the van and everything is just rattling off. Oh my god, dude. It. I never
2: ran so fast. I'm fat as fuck. <laughs> I never ran so fast in my fucking life. I, I was like, Oh shit, Chelsea's on. I I'm gone. <laughs> I'm out of there. Oh, yeah. I didn't even have yeah. shoes on. It's like fuck. Yeah. what you think, bro Um, I
5: don't know, man. Like my dad kind of always listened to like the big three and stuff back in the day, and uh, you know, my my older brother, he he was really big into like death metal and stuff like that. So I I kind of picked up a lot of that from them. But then like I've I've known Evan since probably like ninth grade, something like that. Yeah. It's like two
4: thousand eight for sure.
5: And we kind of discovered Parkway Drive around the same time. Like he I think he was the one who actually introduced them to me. And like ever since then I got a lot really big into like the core aspect of music. And it just it never changed. I mean, like I went from listening to like that to like stuff like Infinite Annihilator, Acacia Strain. It just keeps getting heavier, it feels like, you know. But I don't know. I listen to pretty much everything, but that's how I got in the metal. <laughs> Yeah, and, and for me, like, my
6: my my family had always listened to, like, rock, heavy music. Like, when I was, like, six, like, I remember my brother had, like, Linkin Park, uh, System of a Down. Uh, and then my dad was listening to, like, you know, Iron Maiden, Led Zeppelin, that kind of stuff. So I was introduced to, like, heavier music pretty early on. And it just kept progressing. Like, as I got older, I remember, like, going into, like, middle school, People were listening to, like, Avenged Sevenfold, Black Veiled Brides. Uh, I'll even, like, even My Chemical Romance. They aren't, like, super heavy, but they're oh, more like I
3: that alternative music.
6: And then I remember when I was in boarding school, this was, like, 08, uh, 09. This dude just had a bunch of CDs. It was, just like, all, all the new for all the old stuff. Um, I, don't know, I set my friends on fire, Bring Me the Horizon, August Burns Red. And I just like fell in a rabbit hole when I was like probably thirteen when all those CDs were coming out. And I just like have loved heavy music ever since.
0: That's cool. I appreciate you guys sharing that, man. Cause yeah, it's it's there's always those gateway bands. Like for me it was definitely Metallica. Um, and actually I was eight when Load came out, and that was when they cut their hair and they they continued to go away from Thrash. Like the black album was the first album where they kind of really <laughs> And then when they cut their hair, everybody was like, "What is this?" And the sound. Oh, yeah. but, but I remember the "Until It Sleeps" video, which was like this kind of like heaven and hell type of visual, and like James Hetfield was like rubbing dirt all over himself. <laughs> but I just remember the end part with the drums with Lars, uh, the like, and it. it I, I loved it. Like I I thought it was awesome, and that was actually the first CD I ever bought was like an "Until It Sleeps." ep back when record companies were just printing money and you know they'd come out with like the single cd before the album would come out i didn't even know what the album was i just went to cd warehouse in toledo with my mom i think i was like nine years old with some easter money and i just saw something that said metallica until it sleeps and i put it in the family entertainment center my dad had some nice speakers and hooked everything up and so it was playing like throughout the whole house so the first track was the studio track And then the second one was a live song and James Hetfield was just MF in it. And my mom was like, Oh honey, that's, you can't listen to that. So we had to (laughs) to (laughs) the same day, you know what I mean? But, but yeah, so Metallica was that band, man. Um, and then I got really into Creed. I got really into seven dust. Um, I still love, I still, Alter Bridge is one of my favorite bands. I love Mark Tremonti dude. His, his, uh, his solo stuff too, man. It's, um, it's cool to see him do like the speed metal stuff outside of Alter Bridge, but Corn foundational band getting a chance to see Corn and Alice in Chains, it was like there's some there's some artists that you see live where you feel like you watched human beings doing what they were born to do. You know what I'm saying? That feeling where you're just like definitely like. And I remember the first time I saw Corn was um, in 2010 at the it was the Rockstar Mayhem Festival, which I think is now defunct. It's gone away, but that year it was corn rob zombie uh death punch and lamb of god um and that was when lamb of god was on the the wrath cycle too and i freaking love that album but um but uh head wasn't back in the band yet and corn was still great but here to stay is still one of my favorite riffs to this day like that makes the hair stand up on on like my arms and like i get goosebumps in the back of my neck and everything and like they opened with that. The curtain came down. It was at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. And just to see Monkey and Head just like playing that, uh, to see Jerry Cantrell playing Them Bones, it was just like, that's what music's all about. You know what I mean? Like that visceral feeling and, you know, bringing it back to you guys, like listening to your music like that, that would be one of the words that I would use to describe it It's just like visceral, like technical uh, in your face, um, but also emotional. And I mean that in like a good way. Like, um, like Chris, when you were joking about Blackville Brides, it's like, Hey man, Blackville Brides reached a lot of kids. And that was probably a, a gateway band for, for a lot of kids getting into heavier stuff. You know what I mean? For so sure. oh,
1: yeah.
0: there's for no sure. shame in my game, man. Like I, like I said, I, I love all the heavy stuff and even like eighties pop. And like, I mean, Prince is one of my favorite musicians ever. I freaking love Prince. Like, and that's not yeah. metal at all. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but for you guys, um, and Chris, just to touch on that with you, you mentioned starting on the drums. Like, uh, when did when did you discover your voice and being able to do the stuff that you're able to do?
2: Like, oh shit,
0: was there was wow. there a song or a moment? Like, when did you start to mess with that?
2: That's a great question. Oh man, uh, I was probably I was probably like 12 years old, and we were visiting my family in South Africa. That was me, my brother, and my mom. And um, my aunt was uh, she was a vocal coach. And I had already started kind of singing like way before, like when we were visiting, like she would teach me every now and then. Um, and my uncle was doing like karaoke just at the house. Like it was just because he, he, he just does that. He just constantly has music playing or he's playing music. And um, Linkin Park came on and it was a song that I really liked. I think it was it was Numb or something. It was one of the mainstream ones. And um, I remember hearing like Chester like scream on that uh that that kind of breakdown part that stuff and I'm like oh shit and my, to the long one at the
4: end of that yeah I can't
2: remember what it yeah, was though. yeah my uh my uncle did it and I was like oh fuck okay I wanna try and then we did it again and I hit it I sounded like shit but I was like okay this was fun uh yeah and that was mm-hmm. that was about around the time I discovered Black Veil Brides as well. But, yeah. The, actually getting back into vocals was my first band, which was uh, Nail Gun. <laughs> and I did I did a little bit of backup vocals on tracks and stuff like that, just yelling. And then by the second band, I was fully pretty much doing backup vocals all, like live, too. And then I just kept playing with it, playing with it, playing with it, like doing fucking vocal covers in my garage, like just scream like trying to scream Infinite Annihilator, like Dan Watson back in the day it was a fucking pain. And now I'm like, who who the fuck is Dan Watson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like, there's good. so many other just crazy vocalists to like try to imitate. But uh yeah, that's uh, that's how I really uh, just kept cracking at it and I was like, all right, I think I can get this. You know it's so loud.
4: You just don't you don't get that on the on the you know, listening to it through YouTube, but it is so violent. Like, dude can like take the mic away from his face on stage and you can hear him over everything else. Yeah. It's nuts. That's... Like it's it's nuts how he projects like that. And you were what 18 when you got with us?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Dude.
4: Unreal, dude. Swear to god. Yeah. <laughs> you turn to somebody else when you do it,
0: bro. <laughs> Did you guys have a vision when you started discoveries of because um, I think you said, uh, Evan, you and Josh go back a ways. Like, did you guys have a vision of what you wanted to sound like? Because you know, reading up about you, you you guys are like, screw the the genre and the subgenre thing. And and I'm sure you guys, being the band that that you are, there's obviously a lot of elitism in metal, which I hate because it's like metal is already the redheaded stepchild of music. You know what I'm saying? Like, like. I feel like hip-hop was for the longest time, but hip-hop is also super mainstream now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Metal is yeah, starting sure. to become more mainstream and certain bands have broken through like a slipknot. You know what I mean? The fact that a bunch of dudes from Iowa wearing masks reach the levels that they reach, right? So there's always those bands, those gateway bands that kind of break it out to a, a larger audience. But I read that you guys, like the genre thing, you just want to make heavy music. You don't care about whether people call it death metal, or whatever, but... Did you guys have that vision when you when you initially started of like, okay, we just want to make heavy, visceral music and we don't care what box people put it in? Is it is is it still like that now? I
5: think it's more like that now than it was to begin with. Yeah,
3: before it was just, you know, we were just jamming it out. But now it's more or less, you know, we still have the vision of making it heavy, but we kind of go about it in a way where it's more productive.
4: Yeah, I think, early, I think early, early on, like in earlier projects, it was more bands that were like, uh, you know, the novelist era, you know, like those kind of metalcore sounds were like appealing to me and still are. Um, and like that's that kind of drove a lot of what we wrote like that. Um, and as time progressed, i like got into heavier stuff. The way Chris does his vocals, like it, it demands a certain style of music. Yeah. And so that's really what start started the transition of us like, hey, we need to like write heavier stuff because that's where you know where things are gonna mean the most when we do write them. So um, that's the direction that we took with this new material that we've got. But we also do have some bouncier songs. Like if you check out Mood Swings, it, it's got that kind of vibe to it, but it's uh it's a little bit more on the heavier side, a little bit more straightforward than um and then technical and um, you know, a lot of lighter parts in there.
0: So, what was it like going through the the pandemic? Because when I when I look at the releases that you guys have come out with um, in the last couple of years, "Malicious" was was twenty twenty, which we got to talk about that music video too and that creepy house. I, I got to uh, uh, where where that was and, oh. and to just stay away from it because I'll probably have nightmares tonight. Um, it's
4: actually nearby here.
1: <laughs> it's it's
2: it's like thirty minutes from here. It's um it's actually a castle. This guy was building. Um, is it yeah. yeah. It's, it's Roosemont, North Carolina. And he, he actually lived in it for a while. They kind of gave up on it, got dilapidated. Kids were fucking with it. And they came back to it, started working. And then he was like, nah. He's he's like an artist as well. Okay. So it it was cool as shit. We we liked it. So like, all right, let's do something with it. Um,
0: it, looked, it looked otherworldly. It had like the yeah. – it almost looked like Mosque-esque with the uh, –
4: that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's got like he makes like these wood sculptures that mm-hmm. that he like burns up, and he's like basically Michelangelo in the ceiling of it with those wood carvings, and it looks so
2: cool. Oh yeah, but
4: what he's doing is taking is going to take him a decade or more to finish. Oh yeah,
2: a couple lifetimes because it's it is yeah. a fucking castle, and it's just him. It's just one man. Yeah, it's and huge. it's it's so huge, it's gigantic, and he did he did steel work on the roof as well. And I'm like, damn, bro, like you're just a tradesman, but you're an artist. Like yeah, didn't
4: he put like copper on the roof. He did. Yeah, he's, he do- he's color, doing a full full, like, copper, roof. A full copper roof, like hands cut everything. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Dude's nuts.
0: Yeah, it just in the video and, and and especially with like I don't know what kind of filter you guys used in the visual itself, um, like with the reds and stuff that were in it, but it just it looks super creepy, and I was like. Like part of me watching it was like, is that place even real? Because it, it's, you know, and obviously it obviously looked like any anything you'd see rolling through the neighborhood going down the street. You know what I mean? It's oh,
5: yeah. Yeah, yeah. out in the woods somewhere for
2: sure. Yeah, it's, not <laughs> it's, buried. it's buried. It's definitely buried. Yeah.
0: It, look, it looked like something out of a Stephen King story. I was like, wow, that house is something else, man.
2: Oh, yeah. It was sick. But that um,
0: that video was cool, and then um, – oh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh,
2: no, no, that's fine. Yeah, you can go ahead. I was going to say something stupid anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but then you guys had um, Unstable and Unprocessed. Both came out a couple months apart in, in 21. Um, both of the videos of those did really well. The video for Unstable, when I looked, it was like 20,000 views, unprocessed. Uh, the visualizer was like 15,000 views. And now Tunnel Vision, which just came out at the end of October, I think, uh views wise on YouTube I think it's already close to 7,000 just in in the last couple of weeks and I have Spotify and it's already around 9,000 streams like I, you you guys mentioned you know Mark you coming in and, and bringing more of the business side of things I mean what is that like as an up-and-coming metal band and there's so much music out there like um you know trying to get on these playlists and these kind of things like or, or how much of that has been organic traffic for you guys because those are those are pretty impressive numbers for a band that's um you know, just kind of up and coming these last few years.
6: Yeah, man, it's 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 fucking hard because I honestly it's been just a huge learning experience for me because I had been in bands in in the past and, you know, we had done decent with like, you know, streams and, uh, you know, album sales and stuff. And I kind of just wanted to, you know, figure out how I can even do better in in this band with all the stuff I've learned over the years and, and how much it's changed too. you know, you don't really make a lot of money off album sales anymore you know bands go on tour all the time to make money and that's just the best way to build your fan base just keep playing shows getting your face out there and emailing the fuck out of people and annoying people and (laughs) please can i get on your playlist please can i get on you know whatever this show or something and just just trying to network with people it's it's been a huge learning curve for me um and i i I mean i love doing it but it's just been really pretty difficult yeah
0: Dude, I'm still learning with this podcast, man. I feel like when I connect with people, like I, I'm a genuine dude and I and I, and I I love talking with people, but that's that's the hard part for me is like trying to sell myself to uh, in the world of podcasts. It's kind of similar to music. There's so much out there and you're like, you know, people looking at your Instagram page and maybe going, how many, you know, because when I first started this, I didn't even have an Instagram. <laughs> I got on Instagram in 2020. So it was like, you know, you hit people up and you got like 13 followers, you know what I mean? And it's so sure. weird how the followers thing, plays a role in, in maybe how people look at you. Um, and it's grown with the show too, but, um, but I've talked to several bands about this recently, especially, um, you know, lately heavy bands, like you you gotta be businessmen too. You know what I mean? In addition to being musicians, like back in the day, the version of it was, you know, you, you'd print out the flyers and you'd put them on every, every, you know, you know, post going downtown or, you know, come out to the show. and, And it was very like street level, which, I feel like there's probably still an element like that today, but now you also, like you said, Mark, you got to go. Okay, there's this playlist, there's that playlist, and um, and and that's one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about too. Like being a band that is trying to just defy genres with metal, is that difficult when it comes to the playlist stuff, or 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 is with yeah. algorithms does it still kind of work in your favor in terms of similar artists and that kind of thing?
6: I think it works in our favor just because we have so many different sounding songs, they can kind of be on different playlists and kind of reach different audiences that I don't know, like we we have some songs that might teeter more towards the death genre and some that might teeter more towards the metal core genre. So we can kind of, you know, play both both of those sides and, and reach more fans that way. I think personally, yeah.
4: it wasn't done that really way on purpose, so to speak. It's just that the different influences in the band, um, kind of you know that it worked it it worsens themselves out that way uh and then once we have like a, a selection of material
0: yeah because uh, i love the new one tunnel vision i mean that is definitely a, a banger i i can only imagine uh how, how people react react to that live but i also love forest fire too um there's you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I really i'm ser- i love i love that one that was that was a, a song that uh spoke to me a lot but sticking with tunnel vision since that's the new one that just came out. I think it was a uh, heavy mag, uh, Australia, I believe they're based out of where where you guys kind of broke down lyrically what it was about. And I listened to it several times because the music video for people listening, like, um, you know, I don't want to tell young kids to stay away from, but, but definitely if you're under 16 or f- even 15, 13, like it, it's a heavy video. Like, and again, I don't want to steer people away from it, but just at the same time, like know that when you watch it, there's, there's heavy visuals. Um, yeah so i wanted to get to know the, the the lyrical content behind it um and then when i read that from from heavy mag and and it listened to it a couple of times it's about how you know you can get lost in your own depression how it can warp your your views of reality and then kind of make you think that that death or suicide are the only ways out um and with this podcast being about perseverance and moving forward i just I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about that. Uh, and again, I don't want you guys to think that I'm steering people away. I just mean like little, like young kids. That's going to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Obviously. I mean,
5: the, the video has an age restriction too. So, yeah. like, you know, what I mean, we, we understand like the visuals and everything are yeah. kind of a little pushing the envelope a little bit yeah most definitely it, yeah, it,
0: it don't get me wrong i thought it was dope but i just just as a preface if there are young kids listening to this like definitely know you know it's but, but like it's rated r just, <laughs> rated
1: just, r. just to <laughs>
4: clarify no
2: necks were harmed in the making of the oh yeah I, I had a i had a full harness on it was for my my lower half though. And I had, I had it on my tits.
1: And,
0: yeah, just... <laughs> well, one theme I wanted to explore with you guys, cause I know I, i rant a lot. So I feel like sometimes I get lost in, in the questions and whatnot, but um, you know, with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward. And obviously I think mental health with the pandemic, especially a lot of stuff has come to the forefront because a lot of people were in isolation. They lost their jobs. They lost family members. It was horrible. And then, then on top of that, in the United States, we've had a ton of, civil unrest with with events going on in our in our country related to race relations and politics like it's a pretty heavy time right now no pun intended uh globally and in the united states so um in terms of the subject matter of tunnel vision one thing i i liked about it after after reading that and even listening to the lyrical content is it's like it's an exploration of how those dark feelings can kind of can kind of pull you in those negative places but it sounded like Chris, for you, the, the music obviously is an outlet for that. And and that's a big theme for me and why I love heavy music so much is because heavy music has always been a positive release of like negative emotion. You know what I mean? That's the best way I describe it to people who don't understand metal and they, they just see angry people screaming. So um, can you kind of just walk me and the listeners through sort of the, the process of, of that song? I know it took me a long time to get to that question. No, you're <laughs> fine.
2: You're fine. Ultimately uh- question. <laughs> Hell yeah, you got there. <laughs> um, so actually, it was Mark with the basis of the song. He, I, I, I actually wrote a
6: lot of the lyrics to that song. Yeah, uh, and that was actually one of the first songs I collaborated with Chris on, as far as lyrical content.
2: Yeah, um, Mark. Mark really laid the foundation on that one. He, we kind of bounce ideas off each other for lyrics because uh, I, I used to write all the lyrics for all of our old stuff because I actually had motivation. Now I've got a wife, I've got a kid on the way. I've got a house. I've got good shit going for me, so I'm like, okay, life's pretty good, you know. So I, I needed help from someone
1: depressed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh,
4: in, in all seriousness, yeah,
6: in all seriousness, it, it did work out because I was going through like a really shitty time. I don't know. It must have been a year or two ago, and just like with my job, with my personal life, and everything, and I was just like. I don't know. I didn't really write the lyrics to the song. They were just kind of like... They were just like in... I don't know, on paper. And I was like, this could go with this music that we're writing. And I'm like, Let's just try this out. So I'm like, I'm sending these, like, a few lines to Chris, and he's like, yeah, I like this. Let's change this around. And it all just kind of worked out. Like, And we've been... We've written a few songs that way.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially off this uh, this new EP. Yeah. it's Because so. our new EP is called Masochist, and you know the definition of masochist is somebody who takes pleasure in pain yes yeah, so, others hurting them
6: so the idea of like the ep was being like you're so used to like a pain you're just
2: like give it to me yeah it. like it, it it really it really bounces the ideas like well it goes from from idea to idea of like depression and like all these mental issues anxiety and, like just anger issues and you know the whole EP is just angry mental distress mental distress like yeah that, that's that's we're what really
6: we're having a good time
2: yeah that's what we've been shooting for and that's kind of been an element in our past music as well like mood swings like because um when i was younger like I, I don't really feel it anymore but like bipolar disorder and stuff mood swings you know yeah going from you know just fucking depression like straight yeah. depression to like manic episodes like that that's what that was about and then you know generational divide is like It's just tackling social issues. Obviously, you know, older generation, fucking hasty younger generation, that kind of thing. You know, but we're uh, definitely taking a step forward with all this new lyrical content. It's um, it's huge. Yeah, Uh, I I like it.
6: I haven't really written any lyrics for like a a long time. Uh, I mean, I wrote lyrics in my first band. And that was like eight years ago. And then now I'm like collaborating with Chris. And it's worked out really well. For some reason, we just like can bounce ideas off each other. And I'll just give him like a few lines and he's like, let me just like reword this and it just fits in our song perfectly for some reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gotta imagine, Mark, it was probably pretty cathartic to at least get that stuff out there and then be able to translate it with such a an awesome song, right? I mean, just to be able to, you know. Not that it's awesome going through horrible things when in the moment. I don't mean that, but just to be able to translate, to have an outlet for it, I think is really important. You know what I mean? Yeah,
6: it, it definitely feels really good. And then to have such an amazing vocalist, you know, perform it so well.
0: Sure. I'm just like,
6: dude, this is so cool. Like how, from feel, like feeling like complete absolute dog shit to like translating that into our song is just like, it's such a weird feeling, but it's so cool just to like perform it and like, hear people respond to it and have it not sound like shit
0: so what are the things if you got just saying on this theme because because it's so prevalent in that song obviously um and the music video is great but it's it's very heavy what are the things that you guys do to pull yourselves out of that you know whether it's depression anxiety you know you know chris you were just talking about episodes you know like i've struggled with with panic attacks in my life and irrational fears and stuff like. Obviously, I'm sure music, it plays a huge role for all you guys, but oh, yeah. anything out there for the listeners that, that you, you feel like helps that, that yeah. you, you know?
6: Yeah, I mean, for me, like definitely connecting with these dudes and being able to, you know, pl- play this music has been like huge for me just to have that outlet, I guess you could call it, uh, yeah. to make it like productive instead of just like dwelling on it or just, you know, just sitting alone with my thoughts, really just like putting it into
3: something productive yeah and sometimes having an outlet isn't enough it's having you know the the people you know like you kind of gotta like if you can't pull yourself out somebody else can in the process of helping you through what you're working with you know
6: yeah de- definitely having someone to talk to is yeah as a helpful
5: because right? you don't want to
6: just sit alone with your thoughts because you might not have you know a super productive outlet so talking with someone is always helpful when you're to yeah. not too. Yeah, it's hard to keep yourself out of it. Like, yeah. Know,
5: yeah. And actually get out and do stuff to distract yourself sometimes. Sometimes it's, it's better to have somebody else to, yeah. you know, kind of like reach out to you and be like, hey, dude, like, talk me up. Let's get, What's good? What's up, King? You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's,
3: <laughs> like, that's what this man has been for me through a whole lot of situations, especially like, you know, I had a son recently, and that was tough as far as a whole lot of, you know, things leading up to, you know, me having my son Uh I don't know. I was just experiencing a whole lot of emotions that, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, having this as an outlet, as well as, you know, not just having the outlet, but the people that was a part of that outlet with me, they were able to connect with me, you know, and and reassure me of a whole lot of things, you know. It, it really helped me out. And I, uh, you know, like it, you, once you're a part of something like that, you don't really, you know. Well, not you don't really, but, you know, it really helps you out with things that you never really imagined it would.
0: Yeah, it's important to have good people in your inner circle, man. You know what I mean? For sure. You know, there's there's probably people I I, I would count on one hand that I would trust to take a bullet for me or I'd take a bullet for them or, you know, people I'd want next to me in a dark alley if the poop hit the fan. You know what I mean? So for sure. For sure. It's, you know, and and even even me going through the pandemic with my job, I was, uh, you know, Granted, it's nice not having to deal with the Nashville traffic, but when you're when you're forced, there's a difference between like, oh, I just want to have a night in, and chill, and be introverted, versus like, oh, I can't go out because I might get really, really sick. You know what I mean? It was a it was a really weird time, but I think out of that, this podcast birth, and I've gotten to connect with a lot of great artists like yourself, and I feel like even artists like you guys, it was like, okay, we're we can't do these other things. Maybe we can't play live shows, but we can work on music. And I think that's one of the great things about modern technology is you can do a lot of really awesome recording on your own that, you know, yeah. 30 years ago that, you know, 20 years ago, the technology wasn't like that as far as being able to, to make really awesome stuff at home. So, but that's good. I appreciate you guys going to those places with me. Cause like I said, I don't do it out of, uh, you know, being like a uh, grizzly or anything like that. It's, it's more or less just, um, the subject matter of the song combined with just the nature of this podcast. I think it's cool to explore those things and let people know, Hey man, like there there's dark days, but the light's coming. You know what I mean? So like you guys said, have an outlet, having each other, having a community or people that you trust and, and can talk to that's, that's all really important stuff. So I appreciate you dudes for, for exploring that.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: And, and talking about the EP, it's due out, I read, in uh, February. Is that when it's when it's slated to release at this point?
1: That's
6: that yeah. correct, yeah. yeah. So um, February... We haven't decided on an exact date. I thought, <laughs> maybe I have, and I just don't want to tell you. I thought <laughs>
2: it was the
1: <late>. 18th. <laughs> I thought it was the
2: 18th. <laughs> in February. In February. There's but yeah. can, yeah. I, can I go ahead and say it? Tour? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, after that, we're going on tour for about a week and a half, and we'll be coming to the Tennessee area. Um, what, this, <laughs> well, what?
6: day, but I, I know we're going to be hitting Knox.
2: Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee on like the third day.
6: Yeah, third, yeah, third, third, day, third day, day. I think. Um, so that's going to be like our EP release tour to kind of promote
2: the CDs. Yeah, just getting other cities. We've we've uh, we've done one tour before, and it was kind of DIY and sucked. But but our
6: but our goal for you know this next year is to really, you know, hit new markets and kind of promote this new the new songs and play in front of people we've never played before, basically.
1: Right
0: on, man. And who who did you guys record uh this EP with? Did you guys do so, it yourselves or
2: uh, so- <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, uh Brandon Garrison, the guy who did the music video for Tunnel Vision actually. And our past, yeah,
5: past music uh, our, Stanley, our past music videos. He's
2: done he's done a lot for us and you know he's just he's, I, I love that guy. Brandon Garrison of uh uh yeah. Dear Desolate. Well was well, Dear Desolate, but he's
6: now in called a band called Drown Out. Yeah, yeah and they're they're fucking
2: good. He's, he's been nuts. tracking
6: all of our stuff yeah. and then we've been just like sending it off to Drew Another, Simmons. another guy, Andrew Simmons. Who's uh, mixing and mastering for us. Um, you know, he he had recorded Chris's vocals on a feature of heirloom song, which Yeah, and we, we loved how Chris sound uh, like was sounding on it. So we we're like, why don't we just mix with this guy? And this is
2: the new EP and Television. And so. uh we loved the sound. Our our guitars have never sounded bigger. <laughs> they fit boy. beat guitar. Yeah.
1: They do sound good. So, they do
6: <laughs> some, Tun- Tun- Tunnel Vision's like the first single off the the upcoming EP, and we have another single coming out uh, next month. Uh, I think December 9th. ninth. Yeah, uh, so that'll be the next
4: one. Uh, that will be a that will be, be a more metal metalcore based yeah. track. I wouldn't uh, say it's like softer, but it's more it's
6: little, bouncy, it's, it's groovy, heavy.
2: it's yeah, bouncy. bouncy, groovy. It's not very heavy. It's just like yeah, I like it. It's bouncy, groovy. It's I've good. said that
6: it's good. <laughs> okay, listen to it, please. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I wanted I wanted to talk to you guys about that as far as like the two guitar attack because um, obviously it's really prevalent in in metal. But I feel like you guys bounce off of each other well. Are you both playing seven strings?
4: Yeah. yeah. How yeah. Long, yeah. how long
0: have you guys been doing the the seven string thing?
4: For this band only. Yeah. Like there was the the first bass player. Um, we met, and uh, it was shortly after the band that me, him, and Josh were in when that broke up. And uh, we were recording some old six-string stuff, and he was just recommending that uh, i try out the seven. So I picked, he had a Schichter, uh seven-string, and I picked that up. We started recording stuff in, in that, and uh, I never put it back down. So, and then we just kind of both went to sevens when we had some material collected.
0: Did it take some time just out of curiosity? Cause like I said, I, I I I suck, but I noodle on my guitar in my bedroom every now and again. Did it take time for your fingers to get used to having like that extra low string, like as far as stretching your hands out and stuff, or or just from playing guitar for a long time? What did it was it like just riding a bike? Yeah,
2: yes,
4: I mean, not, not, <laughs> not necessarily. And I think yeah. the reason why is because i I always played on heavy strings. like back in twenty ten, we were writing stuff in drop A on a six string. Mm-hmm. And and I was on a 70-game string. I'm talking about having to take a drill and, you know, uh, open up the hole of the tuning peg more just so you can fit the damn string in there. Um, and so just having having the play on that, you know, just builds up your hand strength over time. So it, it kind of became second nature because, you know, that's what I use on the bottom of a 7 now as a 74. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same feel. You have a little bit more girth to the neck, but – it's it's still it, it it was easier to fall into I guess because we wrote what four like four songs and then the fifth one we actually put on a record um, yeah so it didn't it didn't take too much time I'd probably say a month or two of writing constantly
5: yeah I think the yeah, the width of the neck was probably. The most I had there they really adjust to, like yeah. you said we were always using thicker gauge strings and everything so that the strength wasn't that much of a big deal yeah. but
4: and because the older guitars were crappier too, they had like big bulky necks and you had to had like baseball bats really so <laughs> like you are yeah.
2: playing a bass <laughs> yeah pretty
4: much yeah, and so the ones we have now have a little bit thinner neck profile and it makes it a lot easier to play mm-hmm. um
2: however, Somebody just bought an H string. <laughs> yeah, we,
4: we may or may not have plans to do um, even take it a step further um, with with the heavier material. Um, so we're we're in the experimental stages of that right now, and that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: eventually you guys will just be like Jared was Jared Dines has like that tree. 17th yeah. string. Yeah, we're going
4: to have the 20 string gin stick. He's going to have to make a video with us and now we're going we're gonna to kick his ass.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, go on, Jared. Let's go, bro. You're going to get jumped by five, <laughs> by five rednecks. <laughs>
0: so when you guys went to the seven strings, did you feel like it opened you up creatively after all those years playing the guitar, having that having more of that low end crunch did did you feel stuff out of you that you couldn't have done otherwise if you just had a six string
4: yeah for sure, for sure. i mean it, it, it just i don't know there there seemed like a whole new world of possibilities as far as just writing stuff goes because you had that extra low string to you know play around with and so that definitely sparked a lot of a lot of songs from just being able to have that extra low end to to work with
0: now, when you guys write, um, before we wrap it up, and thanks again, dudes, this is awesome. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Do, do the lyrics come first? Do, do the, like, you know, d- between drums, bass, guitar, I mean, vocals, obviously with, with five people, there's a lot of different influences. I'm sure you guys all have your own individual influences, but is it a pretty pretty open thing with you guys as far as if, as long, if you have an idea, each you, you can bring it to somebody else and say, hey, man, what do you guys yeah. think? Oh, we think it's cool. We don't think it's cool. Is it... Is it, or is there like a set kind of way that you guys write when you go into the the studio? The no.
4: Earlier stuff was just really me and Josh, like putting stuff together, and it would start out with really guitar and drums, and things would get added in over that time. But as of recently, it's been a hell of a lot more collaborative. Like we actually have two separate entities, if you will, writing writing material. It's not really ghost written. It it more, yeah. there's always members it's, of the band involved, it's it's like a process, but it's it's separated and it, and it and it honestly works better that way because you have different influences yeah. that that can make the material that much different. So yeah. so songs, different
3: types of songs yeah. that don't I, go along
6: with the same exact like like there's certain songs that we might have all collaborated on, and then there's also like Tunnel Vision. My best friend Jeffy is a, actually helped us write that instrumentally. Mm-hmm. So that was like a huge collaborative effort with him. Like all of us had input on that one. So, so some songs aren't really written the same way as, as others, which is pretty cool. I think it makes them all pretty different. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So can I ask how many songs are on the new EP?
5: Five. Yeah. Five songs.
0: Whittle it down from from like a larger pool, like as far as like, hey, these are the five best, or these are the five that kind of fit the theme that we that we want.
2: So, what well, we, um all of these songs obviously started out as ideas, but, like, we've pulled from different songs that didn't make the cut. Like, mm-hmm. we pulled certain riffs from this and breakdowns, like, uh, shit, which, which... There's a lot of incomplete and
4: stuff. It's, it's like, like, songs that are, like, halfway written, but then we kind of just, I don't know, something about it didn't feel right. So, we would either... You know, put it to the side for later. Or there has been times where we'll steal parts from those kinds of things, yeah, I mean, and, and like we'll wrap we'll wrap it up in a, a nicer looking box, and that <laughs> or that we feel like works a lot better, you know, um, for for that material. Yeah, that's what uh,
5: happened to that part on unprocessed. And, and, uh, and then uh, with, yeah, that was something that me and him were working on with another drummer, Patty, because we were talking about at one point. Josh had some stuff going on where we were going to have a fill in. And we were just jamming with him for a little bit and we came up with that riff, and then we couldn't actually get it to, I don't know, like kind of fit with what we were doing that yeah.
4: day. We were trying like to, we were trying fit. to like use it as a song hook and was yeah. yeah. like a breakdown in the song. If you like, kind of, it's kind of like a breakdown, but not really. Yeah. It's like a breakdown riff. But yeah,
6: those songs on the EP are just like the ones that fit the theme and that are the most polished in that way just basically what we want to present right now yeah yeah, we have other stuff in the works obviously but
0: have you guys ever been um one thing i always like to ask musicians like have you ever been in a situation where you're like i gotta pull myself out of this because i have an idea right now and if i don't record it into my phone i'm gonna lose it like what's the yeah what's what's the craziest um situation that you could say where it's like it ended up being an idea that that led to a song. Like if you guys ever woken up in the middle of the night with something and you're like, oh, I got to put this into my phone right now so I don't lose yeah. it.
6: I mean, e- even the riff with Tunnel Vision, like yeah. that intro riff, actually, Chris was just jamming around on guitar, just just messing oh, around. And yeah, I was, and just, I was, was like, dude, that's actually a, a sick riff. And so, we all just started jamming it.
2: Yeah, like, that riff, that riff came to me in the like dead ass middle of the fucking night. Like sometimes I just fucking sit in my bed, stare at the ceiling <laughs> and just like listen to shit in my head like play guitar, play drums in my head and I'm like uh, and I was listening to Suicide Silence all day that day. And that riff came to me. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, 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 uh.
4: <laughs> and then we just
2: kinda
6: like branched off on that off that riff with uh, you know, Chris's idea. And then it just turned into this song. And yeah. it was it was weird. We were like, yo, that's that's the riff
4: like I've been been taking a shower before and just hear like a vivid idea in my head. Never, never played it before. No, like never heard it before. It just, you know, and you can hear it so vividly. And then you have to take that idea in your head and try and put it in a a digital form for for later and and so you can polish it.
6: There's so many times I've like recorded riffs and I'm like, this sounds way worse than it sounded in my head. (laughs) I'm just going
0: to trash (laughs) this. Was there anything that ever got lost in the ether where you're like, oh, damn, I wish I would have – I wish I would have – Oh, gone. fucking yeah.
2: countless. <laughs> countless. I don't, don't even want to think about that. Dude, I really it's, it's it. disappointing because <laughs> I've, I've had fucking crazy shit ideas, and then I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have a fucking seven-string or an amp. And then I got to wait till the weekend to come here, and then I'm like, I want to show you all something. And I'm like, I don't remember it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you guys, I, the live shows talk to me a little bit about that because you guys mentioned, was it a uh, central Florida metal fest? There were, there were a lot of different bands on that, man. Um, oh yeah. All different ends of the spectrum. Like what's it, what's it like getting, getting the opportunity, you know, you, you take all this time, put all these ideas together. You finally put them into a the song. Like I don't feel like the average person realizes how much work goes into just one song or one part of one song. And then you get to translate it to the stage. So coming out of COVID and everything with live music coming back, I mean, what was that like to go down to Florida and just be in that environment with, you know, Chelsea grin and all those other bands.
2: Uh, it was uplifting for sure. Yeah. Well, (laughs) environment wise, wet. Yeah.
6: (laughs) (laughs) That that was basically our first like national festival as a band. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. That was also a first for us performing a lot of our newer songs, but it was really rough because, as soon as we put our gear on on stage, there's just a fucking monsoon and yeah. it just jumped ran on everyone's gear. <laughs> a lot of like the headlining bands lost gear, like my preamp just blew and we had to wait like two hours for them to like, you know, make sure it was safe and stuff. And we're like, wow, are we really doing this? Are <laughs> we actually going to try to play. We can't couldn't even play our whole set. But we still like played on crushed it, had one of the best responses we've ever had for a live show made, you know, new fa- fans, friends. It was just, like, a huge learning experience for us.
5: Yeah, I feel like that definitely fits the theme of the March 4th thing, man, because we went through a lot
4: of luck. Tell them I had them all the way down there.
5: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you, you going down there, man. We um we were, we were got this band. Um, it's, like, a 06 E350, you know, nothing special that we kind of, like, bunkered out and everything to, like, make or have beds and stuff. But um, so it, it had been sitting for a while, you know, because of COVID and stuff. We didn't really use it for – a long time well we got get halfway through south carolina going to florida man and the, the, the van starts like vibrating it's dude, like, like shaking horribly crazy.
1: Oh, so man. we're
5: like me and uh my buddy jo- or our friend josh jones he's he's a really good guy out of charlotte man and he, he helped us out a lot uh, during that time too but um so we're like yo, we got to diagnose this van we got to figure it out man and then like Cause like I don't know, man. Like before, we didn't have any problems out of it, but we figured out the uh, both of the back tires, I guess, from sitting for so long, like had started to warp on the inside, and like, dude, like we had to stop at a discount tire. We like made it like forty-five minutes before they closed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, was weird. crazy. Like got I barely that taken made it. care of. Barely made it to Florida in time that night. Woke up and like we had to deal with all the rain and stuff, dude. And it was like like
6: the universe was telling us not to perform. Yeah. We were like, fuck that and let's just do this anyways. (laughs) And you finally, it really paid off. And like, we just had such a good experience, not with just like the fans, but like meeting all the other bands, talking with them, seeing them play, you know, seeing them go through the same shit we were just going through, basically
2: was really cool. Yeah. guess. it felt the same. It really brought uh, a level of humanity. Like, cause all these bands we look up to, and then we're like, oh, they're just like us. Yeah. Like we're literally the same. Yeah. Like soaking wet. Playing it like <laughs> so play, play a
4: couple of comments. I think Chusty Grin had uh, talked to a few of you guys. Yeah, they're, yeah their
2: bassist. I'm so
6: terrible with names. I cannot remember his name, but he was so fucking nice to me, and I had a great conversation with him. He was just like, yeah, he was a good dude. Super nice. I have nothing but good things to say about them. It's like personal people.
2: Oh yeah, but yeah. Overall, that festival was. Uh, a learning experience. It was very fun and it, it it opened up a new way to play like just like performance wise, like how we present ourselves and shit. But yeah, it, it was awesome. It was fucking amazing.
0: Was it yeah, that, that was our
2: first I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, go ahead, go ahead, man.
6: I was just saying like we had never had like a big wall of death. Like that was so cool to see
1: people, oh, like, God, each yeah. other. Like that was our it, first was
6: like, wall of death. we we just played like one of our newest songs it was like one of the heavier songs on our ep and i was like just seeing all those people like just punch each other too it was just just (laughs) awesome it's the coolest thing ever
0: yeah and i think i i feel like um you know in in heavy music good good mosh pit etiquette is even if you do something as crazy as the wall of death when people go down you help them up you know because yeah that slam dance and stuff and that I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get in the pit anymore when I go to shows and I, I'm not even afraid to say it. Like I'm 34 now, man. I got my knee creaks and <laughs> man. Oh, man, like, I'm, I'm not trying to get a compound fracture. I love metal, but that's, that's a little too metal for me. <laughs>
4: yeah, like, was there Literally injury- metal, literally metal on your bone.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: um and just working at healthcare, i know how much that crap costs man it's crazy but um was there anybody that you guys had to like not fanboy out around where you're like oh my god i can't believe i'm seeing them or, or, or was anybody you oh wanna...
2: dude yes yeah, so sure. fucking many because when we have tour packages come through our town or not our town but our state and uh greensboro and like charlotte everywhere like just like so we we try to get on those shows as much as possible
6: like we just played with uh um...
2: Carnifex, Spy, oh, yeah, Oceano, man. Left to Suffer, Crown Magnetar, yeah, and um, fuck, dude, I I had to like like I still love Left to Suffer. We've we've been trying to fucking tour with those guys so goddamn hard, but <laughs> like I, I love them so fucking much. And every time I see them, I'm like I can't geek the fuck out. Like I have to like I I walk past Taylor like Taylor Barber, the vocalist. Like every time I see him, I'm like, "What's up, Taylor?" But inside, I'm like, (laughs) "Dude,
1: yeah." But uh,
2: that and like traders, we play with traders like about every year when they come through. And Tyler, Tyler's just a fucking legend to me, dude. So I I just have to stay away from him because I'll creep him the fuck out. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's it's crazy, but but yeah, no. we all feel that way. We all just like have to be like, all right. I mean, yeah, they're just like, <laughs> re-
6: they're all regular dudes. They're regular dudes. just play dudes.
2: really heavy music. Just don't yeah. want to make them feel
3: uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want them say, to get You got
4: you to you sit on the other side of the room and stare from a distance.
3: <laughs> 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 you
6: know, they've been in a van for the past 12 hours. So, like, they're probably fucking exhausted and shit. And, like, touring for them is probably not, you know, the most comfortable. But, you know, when we see them, they're usually like in the middle of their, like, you know, six week tour or whatever. So don't want to like overwhelm them. I'm sure they
0: have
3: to deal with that
4: every fucking night, you know? Yeah. 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 But well, at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think, and I think the, the down to earth ones, right. Cause there, there's, there's always going to be people that are, that are big headed and people who are cool. I mean, I've been fortunate in all the years that I've been doing interviews. I've never had anybody be a jerk to me. I mean, I had, I've had some interviews that didn't go as good as others because kind of like what you're saying mark i could tell like i was probably one of 15 interviews they had in that block in the afternoon they probably just rolled into town and this is when they're doing media and you know i try to pride myself on like doing my homework and it's not even homework for me because i love this stuff but try not to ask like the same questions like obviously when there's a new album coming out like with you guys you got new material coming out i want to ask like oh talk to me about how you guys write and you know there's only so many different ways you can skin a cat and ask those questions right but um but but yeah, it's um it's cool when people are cool and 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 I even those big bands you remember at one point they were playing in some dingy basement somewhere you know what I mean like I remember reading about the early days with Corn they didn't know where to, where to put those guys so they toured I think with like Helmet they toured with Megadeth and I remember hearing a story about Monkey was jamming and. He felt something like whiz by him when when he was playing, and he turned around and there was a knife in his cab, like somebody threw a Jeez. knife at him. Like, and I think it was, during, shit. Uh, I think it was during Megadeth. Um, you know, because they sounded so different. And then fast forward to you know that now they're still one of the biggest bands on the planet. So everybody has those humble beginnings, but it's it's cool to hear that like the dudes in Chelsea grin and stuff were really cool with you guys. Um. Well, before we wrap this up, fellas, and again, thank you so much for, for spending more than an hour of your time with me on a Saturday night. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future with you dudes and what you've got coming up, but um, just to geek out real quick. Um, Cause I always like to to put people on the new stuff as well. So everybody obviously go check out discoveries, but lately, if we were to look at, you know, your Spotify on repeat playlist or whatever music that you, uh, service that you guys use, what, what have you guys been jamming lately? And it doesn't even have to be metal. Um, you know, Chris, if you if you're listening to more Blackville Brides or you uh, know, whatever, uh, you know, let the people know. I always I always like to to give fans out there listening. You know, if there's other artists that they're not familiar with,
2: yeah, uh, i to a lot of different stuff. I dude, I'm fucking so mixed genre. Like my my Spotify playlist is dumb. Like it it starts out like I don't it doesn't even start out. I just hit play and it's whatever. Like it could be bluegrass, it could be freaking country, like. Like the new Drake album. I don't even really like Drake, but fire songs. Um <laughs> twenty one. Twenty one. Can you do something? For me? <laughs> um, definitely- that and then like sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. I was just saying it was that's definitely an earworm for sure.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um Ah dude, like just slam like fuck. Let me see this. Love- Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. I just want to list some of them off. Man, yeah, all right. Good
5: idea. Just go and list Yeah, them. yeah
2: so <laughs> I got I got so obviously so I I just I see stuff and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I forgot I have that or I like that." So OCD, Suicide Silence, Suicide Silence, The Mirror, Mask, The Sump God, Powers Pleasant, The Ink Spots, which is a old fucking like swing band. Um Suicide Silence, Cody Jinx, Flatland Cavalry, Cody Jinks, Brooks Jefferson. Um, Paleface, Suicide Silence, FFA, Enterprise Earth, Heirloom, yeah, uh, Quandale Dingle,
1: <laughs> dude,
2: you gotta do the voice, for it. Hey guys, Quandale Dingle here. <laughs> uh, Paramore, Paramore, Juice World, I.R. Crown, mandatory, Angelman. Yeah, it's just it's all over the fucking place. It's, it's all cool. fucking over the place. Uh, Try I what's, love what's
0: Love Juice World as even as a metal, oh, yeah. and like I, that that dude got me through a lot in the last year and a half. Dude. Oh fuck yeah,
2: fuck yeah, dude! I would just sit in my car sometimes. Like I know is, y'all are gonna call me pussies for this. I'll sit in my car sometimes, like just in a parking lot or like outside of like our old apartment. Like when our relationship, like me and my wife's relationship, was kind of rough, and you know shit was happening at work and stuff. I would just sit in my car and just fucking cry to Juice World. Like <laughs> I was just, just fucking cry. You gotta, uh, leave it you gotta let it out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Josh, oh, yeah. we, we just had a wavelength moment. We just, yeah.
3: We just- <laughs> yeah, bro. I ain't gonna lie. That's how I feel about, like, when I listen to certain music. For me, it would probably be, like, Isaiah Rashad. Yeah. I like his early shit where he would work with, like, SZA. And other than that, it would be, like, you know, a switch to, like, bands like Oceano. Uh, uh, I got in the left to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Once you, uh, once you like got me in them bands like Spite and shit like that. Mark you
0: know? Got me in them, but you for the most part, it's... right? In spite was with that. Was that part of the Carnifex show that you guys were on that I saw? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Josh. Go ahead, man. Oh no, nah, you good? I, I feel but like other than I that, interrupting. I'm sorry. Oh, know nah, you good. good.
3: But other than that, it's it's a whole lot of hip hop. I made beats. I've been trying to get back into it, so I listen to a whole lot of that on the side.
2: What's,
5: yeah. your, what's your shit, Trey? Uh, uh, I've been listening to Body Snatcher, Crown Magnetar, uh, East Viridians. Uh, oh, Zab- these songs, oh, Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, I've been jamming that one. Uh, that I listen to a lo fi hip hop uh, station a lot. Dude, Dude I, I've been doing that too, <laughs> every morning. Lo fi just, <laughs> just chills me out. Like,
6: when I don't want to hear, like, just fucking lyrics right now, I just listen man. to lo fi. Like, my favorite lo fi artist is this guy called Purple Cat. Like, just stumbled <laughs> upon him
5: on spotify one day and i went like dude this is sick yeah. <laughs> i like one hard dude that that song that yeah. he put out I, what is it snow something snow i can't remember i don't, I don't <laughs> it, know it's, it's good to good. like i don't know it gives me goosebumps yeah you know i don't know just kind of all over yeah like i could
6: listen to that but then if i want to listen to you know something a little heavier I might turn on some like you know spike or Carnifex or something and then just just really depends on my mood i think yeah. that goes with everyone yeah
2: yeah, for sure. oh wait we don't even have to
6: ask You don't
4: it's, even not, have to it's
2: me. non-stop metal don't have to stop <laughs> not stop.
4: anything else I do like some lighter rock stuff but most of the time I can deal with some country I guess but uh I'm, I'm really I'm more of uh probably one of the most closed minded members as far as it comes to like <laughs> the scope of the music <laughs> that I listen to
2: uh, oh yeah oh yeah that we're nothing, not, <laughs> nothing, bro.
1: yeah <laughs>
0: A song a song that uh recently that I that I was listening to, even though it's not like new new is um uh it's from bleed bleed from within. Uh, are mm. you guys familiar with them?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah.
0: God, uh I gotta I gotta think of the the riff. Uh what is it? This is not a war, it's a victory. God, what is the name of that song? Um into Terrible nothing into <laughs> nothing, I think. I think it's into nothing. Mm. That is such a such a great song. Um and then and then the last thing I'll ask you dudes because um, I know I'm like Fifteen minutes over when I told you I was gonna keep you. No, yeah, <laughs> good.
2: Good. bro. bro. We we don't have shit to do. Yeah, we're <laughs> chilling.
0: We're, we're chilling, bro. Well, hopefully you're actually enjoying this. Um, and again, oh, oh yeah, oh fuck food. yeah. I apologize for the times I've interrupted too. because no. one thing I try not to do is is cut people off,
2: man. Um, bro, you're good. That's that's all of our conversations. We cut each other off. We're all we're
5: all very bad at social cues. <laughs> <laughs>
2: very bad at social cues. Don't know. <laughs> Can't read.
0: <laughs> who are some dudes for you uh respective to your your positions in the band uh as far as um what you play and and obviously chris in your case being a singer who who are some people that you look up to or, or what's a song that you could put on respective to your instrument that that gives you goosebumps that you could listen to it a million times in a row does that make sense So, like for josh as you as a drummer like what are some what are some some drummers or some songs for drumming? And it and again, it doesn't even have to be metal, but just stuff that you geek out on that you're like, wow, God, I, I would love to try to emulate that or I appreciate how, how good that person is, is doing their thing on the drums.
3: It's I don't really talk about it much, but as far as the drums, I really love the... um the, Is it the Mastodon album for Vildrata?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, like yeah. as
3: far as the drums, God. when I listened to that for the first time, I was like, bro, I want to base a whole lot of of everything, you know, off of just how he plays. Like he throw he throws certain things in spaces that like you just don't re- like. I I didn't think of you know before listening to it, and that just that him and before him probably like you know just Adam Gray, Matt Griner, just because of you know the the the, the fast pacedness and everything, but. Him for sure. I don't even know his name, but the German for Bill Jordan, like that, and that, like that's the one. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah.
2: Yeah. I made a big shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, bro, yeah. Uh vocals. Uh me. No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay, <laughs> 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 no, that's uh you know, honestly, Dickie Allen, uh Tyler from Traders, Dickie Allen's from Infinite Others, Scumfuck. Um uh now Taylor Barber from Left to Suffer. Dude is a fucking beast. I just geek the fuck out every time I hear him do anything. Um man, still Corey Taylor to this day. There's just so many like good vocalists that I'm like, man, I I wish. Oh, Alex the Terrible from Slaughter Shopper oh, yeah. He's a freaking bear. Oh my oh, god. god. But yeah, go ahead. Barb oh, White Drive. <laughs>
4: Um, surprisingly, like, even though, like, I'm in the, the, the more heavier stuff now, I still like listening to people who are really good with the melodic stuff and they kind of shred tastefully, if you will. Uh, there's a, there's a guitarist, uh, named Andy James. He's a British guy and, uh, he did a collaboration with Angel Vivaldi and, uh, the, the, just the material in that song that they write, um. I don't know. I really like his approach to how he plays, um, and he's one of my he's one of my favorites right now uh, for like the stuff that he comes up with.
5: I, I don't know, dude. I, I might have to pass, dude. I really haven't been paying a lot of attention lately. Like, yeah, same. <laughs> I've been
1: sitting
5: here the whole time trying to think of somebody that like has really wild me lately, and then I, I don't know. It's not fitting. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark.
6: <laughs> uh, I guess for me, like, I don't know. It really takes kind of a lot for a bassist to stand out, but like, just on some like a, some some recent songs that have uh, been released, like uh, Polyphia, their bassist, like terrible with names, but their bassist is fucking solid on all, all of their music. Like, he's just doing some crazy shit like all the time. Um, I I don't know. Uh, like e- even some old older shit that still like amazes me is like i don't know like led zeppelin john paul jones their bassist like he was just doing some shit like way back then that no one else was doing and i thought was really cool when i was like 13 and it still like amazes me to this day because like a lot of people like copied that style now you know like he started you know turning up his treble and using a pick on certain songs and made it gave the the bass tone like super like a super grindy sound which was fucking weird like in the 70s like no one did that everyone just had like a super low tone like super boomy and smooth and he was just doing some really weird shit um so i don't know like i just love when people just do stuff like that's out of the box it always just like catches me off guard i can really appreciate it
0: for sure one one band i wanted to tell you guys about it came to me as we were talking um because they're in the same kind of area ish as is you guys within a couple of hours, but uh House Divided, are you guys familiar with them at all? I've had them on my podcast a couple of times and there's the yeah I've heard, of
3: the, heard the name for sure.
0: Check those dudes out, man. Um uh, you know, if nothing else, it might be might be a cool networking opportunity just as far as uh, you know, same thing. They're they're a band that's hungry like you guys are making great music, got a really cool sound. Um and that just came to me. Good really, really good dudes like you guys, man. Good to talk to and really good on their instruments. Um love what they're doing. And they're they're in the uh the Norfolk, uh, Virginia area. So I don't know how far that is from where you guys are,
5: but um It's Mike, only about like three hours. Yeah, it's not that bad Yeah, you know, check it. It is, not, is that it's not is that
4: north of Rowan? Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. That, well you, yeah. you, you yeah. it's towards the beach. Nah, no, it's
3: is more west. Virginia but okay. more west in Virginia but this is like more east like going towards Richmond but you uh, get there
4: before okay yeah. so well, well, Richmond's only two hours no Richmond is like almost four <laughs> 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 I
3: mean like at least three and a half or four I think
2: I'll right, right. you, Evan. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, yeah everybody's right.
4: driving. Like oh, Go Google Maps said two and a half or something. You're making it
2: 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: I can. I can if you Yeah, we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely check them out.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Evan
3: can drive us to the show, so we'll definitely make it there yeah. like an early as hell. That's right. <laughs> You've
0: got um, – the way they spell their name, they've got like two two slashes in it. It's like house, slash, slash, divided um, – but yeah, I think I think you guys would like them. You know, kind of a similar vein as far as heavy music and um, really good dudes um, played played a lot of shows in their area as well. And uh, yeah, I just I, I always like trying to connect good people with other good people. But um, well, dudes, this has been great. I really appreciate the time. I love Tunnel Vision. I love going back and listening to the the other singles. Like I said, uh, Forest Fire was just one that that stuck out to me. That that just that one spoke to me a lot, man. Uh, I love that song as well. So I can't wait to check out the EP. And I'll obviously put up the links in the podcast description for people to check you guys out. But for people who are unfamiliar, let them know where they can find you.
5: Oh, yeah, uh,
6: discoveries official on uh, Instagram, social media, and it'll be discoveries NC on any streaming platform. Uh, so please check us out. Oh yeah, yeah
1: both show.
0: Sweet. And- well, dudes, thanks again so much, man. For real, uh, I really love what you guys are doing. Keep doing your thing, and, and definitely keep in touch, man. You guys are welcome back on the show anytime. And thanks again so much for giving me almost an hour and a half of your your Saturday night too. I really appreciate
2: yeah. it. Of appreciate course, it. bro. I I would watch. Watch. Yeah, we'd love we'd love to do it again, bro. Yeah, we yeah. appreciate this. Yeah, yeah,
0: Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Definitely keep in touch, fellas. All
2: right, thanks, Mike. easy, bro.
1: See you.
0: Righty-dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Josh, Chris, Evan, Trey, and Mark of Discoveries. Make sure you go follow these dudes on Instagram, at Discoveries Official, and the links to all of their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode, so just scroll to the bottom of that podcast description, hit those links, and go follow and support the dudes in Discoveries, especially if you love heavy music and headbanging like I do. Like I mentioned at the jump, their latest single, Tunnel Vision, is out now. Their new EP called Masochist is on its way in February. They've also got some tour dates scheduled for that, and all of that's going to be in the podcast description for this episode. And another announcement, as of the week of this episode dropping, you guys are hearing this on a Tuesday, this Friday, December 9th, their new single called Cut to the Chase is coming out as well. So I can't wait to hear that. And there's options for you to be able to pre-save that as well. So once again, just hit the links in the podcast description and you'll be able to do all that and support the dudes in Discoveries, man. I just want to say thank you again to Josh, Chris, Chris, Evan Trey and Mark for taking the time to do the podcast they gave me more than an hour of their time and I believe it was on a Saturday when we did it too man so I just want to say thank you so much dudes for spending a little bit of your weekend with me it was so awesome to get to learn more about the band your guys's individual journeys with music and how you all came together what you've persevered through you know, the meaning behind tunnel vision. Like it was just so awesome getting to talk to you guys. And I'm super stoked for everything that you guys have on deck with the new EP coming out with touring. And it's just really cool to see the streams going up and to see the numbers going up for you guys, man, it's well-deserved. And, uh, I definitely think you guys are a fresh voice and heavy music and that the headbangers out there, the legion of headbangers around the world, as they continue to get to know your name, are going to be really excited to support you, just like me. So thank you so much. I also want to say thank you to Johnny Zirkel for setting this up. Johnny, I really appreciate your love and support of the show too, brother. It was great getting a chance to talk to you. You know you're welcome back anytime, just like the guys in Discoveries are welcome back anytime. And I'm just so stoked, once again, that, um, that there's mutual love and respect for the podcast right now. It's great to connect with all of you. And I'm just really excited for what's on deck for Discoveries and what's on deck for this show and uh yeah i hope everybody enjoyed that conversation as much as i did man and on that note i'm going to keep it short and sweet uh because my voice is still a little scratchy i'm still a little under the weather but i just want to say once again thank you to everybody who took the time to listen to the show if you're a first-time listener because the guys and discoveries brought you here thank you so much i hope you check out some of the back catalog especially if you love headbanging i've got tons of heavy bands that have been on this show Um, and I hopefully, uh, hopefully you stay on board for, for future episodes. But once again, everybody, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th pod on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March 4th dot com. Uh, the link tree with all my stuff is in the podcast description as well. You can find me most of the places you can find podcasts. I'm on all the major ones like Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Amazon, um, Google podcasts, Stitcher. So, um, if you would take the time To like and subscribe that truly means a lot to tell a friend to tell a friend all those things go a long way in helping the show rank higher and get out to more people and that's ultimately what i want because i really want more people to discover awesome bands like discoveries and go support them and just uh the healing power of music man we all need it especially in these times so thank you everybody i really appreciate it and uh you know once again man i hope that everybody just closes out the year on a positive note on a high note um, it's december 4th as of me recording the intro and close to this episode Um, I I recorded the conversation with with the guys and in discoveries in, in november And it's just crazy how how fast time flies and and the fact that we're coming up on 2023 It sounds so spacey dude 2023. It's so crazy. I'm gonna be 35 next year, but Life is what you make it every day is what you make it and i'm learning that too along my path, man I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life uh, I've had a wonderful life. I'm not saying this like playing the world's smallest violin for myself at all, man. Like I've I've got a great support system, great family and friends. Uh, I, I really feel like I've I've learned a lot, especially in the last seven years, uh, over seven years now since I moved down to Nashville, man. Uh, not really knowing anybody, and you know just trying to, you know, grow up and and become a become a man, become an adult, and just learn what it's like to be on my own and. You know, there's a lot of things that I've gone through. I've gone through heartbreak. I've gone through death. I've gone through job changes and, uh, you know, uh, met new friends that I love very much um, and need to reconnect with. And, you know, all of those things that you go through in life, man, through love and loss, through trials and tribulations, you you really figure out who you are. And uh, so if you're out there and you're struggling, just know it gets better. And just, you know, start writing down those goals for 2023. That's an exercise that's on my list to do as well. But uh, if if there's dark times for you right now, just know that I've been there and it does get better. So on that note, I just want to say keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of the dudes in Discoveries, here is their latest single, Tunnel Vision. Peace. (laughs)